Yo, didn't hear you come in. Welcome. Make yourself comfortable. Thank you for tuning in to Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. This is a weekly podcast where we, two ice coffee slinging cowboys, talk about movies, music, and anything we think you guys might like to listen to. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us over on Instagram at PressPlayAR. That's PressPlayAR on Instagram. On this week's episode, we're going to discuss the trailer for Candyman, talk about some new music, and review The Invisible Man. Riz gives you the DVDs and music that are out, and we play Six Degrees of Separation and The Fact of the Week. But first, quick news. So Riz, have you heard anything called Quibi? No. So, Quibi is a movie-quality streaming app uh, that has movie-quality shows, but the shows are 10 minutes or less. And you have big celebrities, and Hollywood is jumping on this bandwagon. You have Kevin Hart and other celebrities that are part of this new Quibi, Quibi app. So, the movies are 10 minutes or less as well? No, they're just episodes, I think, for now, and they're just 10 minutes per episode, and they're about 6 to 10 episodes, depending on the show. Oh, all right. I uh, never heard of it, and it sounds interesting, I guess. You know, uh, if you're on, like, a short commute, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. why not? Is is it, uh, is there a subscription? Yes, uh, $5 for... a month. Oh, we can check it out now do you think because of that our attention span will get shorter yes i do i mean recently netflix was trying to test the their shows to be on 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 a A little little, bit faster yeah which which you actually can do on spotify still yes you could speed our voices up so we can't i've done it it's funny yeah uh i I don't really understand the concept of 10 minute. Um, I guess the, the one show special, is it special? No, I forget the name of the show. Uh, uh, with, uh, with Ryan something on Netflix, that one short film, short, short, whatever Emmy this Not year. Not sure. Uh, but I, you know, 10, 10 minutes. I don't really get the concept. But I'm I'm down to to look at anything. I think I read that they've invested one one million dollars into That's, this whole thing. Okay. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep you posted if it's awesome or if it bombs. Uh, Rain Johnson has admitted. Uh, Rain Johnson is the director of Knives Out. Um, admitted that uh, there's specific rules and regulations for iPhone being used on movies. Uh, he says that it's going to probably get him in trouble for saying it, but it's iPhone has the regulations that villains cannot use iPhones because it has to show the nature or a positive nature of of their Apple products. All right. That's kind of dumb. Uh, so that's why he was like, damn, this might mess up my my next uh, mystery killer movie because the villains are not allowed to use an iPhone. To use an iPhone. Just have everyone use Samsung then. Well, Everyone's better off. That's true, but probably iPhone gives more money for their sponsors or for their uh, 
What's that thing? Subliminal message? Yeah. Or whatever. But Apple's kind of dumb. It doesn't matter as long as they're showing the product and that it, it it's used in a certain way. Remember when we spoke about Las Vegas? Yes. Where it didn't matter like what mobsters were going going through. It what, was what all casino about casino they were going to shoot up. Exactly. It was all about the advertisement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Apple's just need needs to chill with that that bullshit. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty weird about that, but I don't know. Uh, Creed Three is continuing to chug along. They found a writer, Zach Balin. Uh, Sylvester Stallone co-wrote the second film with Joel Tunnel. There has not been any directors yet that have been confirmed, but the story will continue. Adonis Creed that was played by Michael B. Jordan. And I personally think no matter what, it's going to be successful because the last two movies uh, earned $173 million and $214 million. So I think it's just going to be uh, doing just fine. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic that uh, that Sylvester Stallone has been able to extend the the Rocky universe in this way. And... Uh, and continue the franchise it's it's huge it it is successful and and the critics from or fans from the rocky movies uh have been giving it positive reviews so that's awesome um what else do we have here uh oh the director of Milan finally defends herself onto why she a white new zealander was cast to direct Milan uh, a movie about Chinese culture, Chinese people, and uh, she said, quote, although it's a critical, important Chinese story and it is set in Chinese culture and history, there is another culture to play here, which is the culture of Disney. And that the director, whoever they need, is need to be able to handle both. And here I am. So a lot of people don't like that. She, a lot of people were critics, critical about that statement because um, it feels like a bit of a lackluster, kind of indicating that A, Disney is, culture is more important, and B, that there weren't any Asian American directors that were capable of handling quote-unquote Disney culture. Although Disney says that they reached out to Ang Lee for the movie, and I think he declined, or it was a scheduling conflict, I'm not sure about that. But a lot of um, critics or a lot of fans, uh, especially in the Asian American community, weren't happy with that response. What do you think? I think that uh, that was a very dismissive comment from her. Uh, and she needs to to figure out something else to say when asked that question because she's going to get a lot of haters for it. Um I, I don't know. It's ridiculous. They they couldn't find an, an, uh, a Chinese a, uh, director to yeah. do it. And if you've noticed that there has been a pattern of Disney uh, with the with their directors stepping down, with a bunch of the directors stepping down from the Star Wars movie franchise and the MCU with the recently Doctor Strange. Yeah. So by Disney culture, I feel like it's sensing like it's more as do as I say, not as I do or, or something like that. There's a, a phrase like that, and it's more, more yes sir at the at Disney. Um, oh, I don't, I don't like the the future of of 
excuse me, the Marvel Universe then, because... Although there is an Asian-American directing The Eternals, starring Angelina Jolie and and Richard Madsen. We'll have to wait and see. I, I hope that Disney doesn't screw these these franchises up. Uh, um, I mean, Mulan isn't a franchise. There ain't going to be no sequel. Mm-hmm. But, well, there was an animated sequel, so you Jungle never know. Jungle Book uh, is, ha- is doing a sequel. And I remember Aladdin is working on Return of Jafar. It's not going to be Return, <laughs> return of Jafar. I mean, Jafar might return, but they 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 aren't going to be. It's not going to be a Return of Jafar remake. Even though you know, I would be interested in seeing that. Um, they could recast Will Smith with uh, Homer Simpson. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, while I was looking for quick news. Will Smith is going to be in a movie called King Richards, which is the story of Venus and Serena's father coaching them. So it's going to be a biograph. Interesting. About him. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think Serena Williams shares my birthday. Yes. The exact day. Uh, yes. She, she, she is my exact age. So Nicole Kimmins shares my birthday. Uh, Linda Hamilton from Terminator, and 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 her twin sister share my birthday. Wow, that's that's you Jim, topped it. Jim Caviezel, who played <laughs> Jesus Christ, shares my birthday. Oh wow, awesome! That, that's all I can remember at this moment. So there's this book. I have no idea what's a what it's about. I just was going through online searching for things to add quick news and this one popped out and i really am interested with this so there's this book called dawn that was read uh that was published in 1987 by octavia e butler and victoria mahoney and ava duvernay are developing a new sci-fi series on at on amazon about this book and it's about an african-american woman who works with aliens to resurrect the human race 250 years after a nuclear war and is the first of an award-winning novel trilogy published in the late 1980s that explores themes like sexual sexuality i'm sorry and gender all right no i've never heard of it 1987 no not at all it sounds super interesting i might want to like check the book out before the the show starts yeah I, I, uh, Ava DuVernay is the director of Selma, and also she did a doc in Netflix called 13th, which is about the 13th Amendment, uh, which I absolutely loved. Well, that's, um, that's awesome. That's fantastic talent behind this show. And you know me and, and science fiction genre type shows. Mm-hmm. It's, it's up my alley. Awesome. I will definitely check that out. And maybe we'll check out. Uh, Candyman, which is coming out June 12th, 2020. Segway, segway, segway. Ah, <laughs> it is directed by Nia DaCosta, who directed Little Woods. Uh, the cast includes Yahya, Yaha Abdul Mateen II, Triona Paris, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, Vanessa Williams, Coleman. Oh, Vanessa Williams, yes, I love me. I know. That's not our Vanessa. You're thinking of a different Vanessa Williams, I think. No. I think this is Vanessa L. Williams. No, that's Vanessa Williams. All right, All right. we got to check that out. Uh, Coleman Domingo, Brian King, Rebecca Spence, 
Carl Clemens, and I did see Miss Virginia Madsen in the trailer, who was in the original Candyman. Is the the original Candyman? Uh, oh my gosh, I forgot his name. Uh, Tony Todd. Tony Todd is he in it? Yes. Oh, why isn't he listed here? Well, because it's... I don't think he was in IMBD when oh. I did it. By the way, all this I get it, it on IMBD or Wikipedia. Um. Well, Virginia Madsen still looks amazing. Uh, I was—I honestly was surprised to see her in the trailer. I read that one of them a while back when we first discussed it in our previous podcast, when we first heard about it, um, that a returning actor, characters, was going to reprise their role. That's fantastic. Uh, the synopsis, synopsis, a spiritual sequel in quotations to the 1992 horror film Candyman. The returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began. Yeah, and it's basically just that uh, the trailer uh, opens up with a dude who's into photography and art and has read legends about this Candyman dude. And it's he began interpreting his art with the legend and trying to make people say his name in a art gallery. Which I guess ensues chaos, because um, there was a bunch of mirrors right. and stuff and stuff like that. I personally believe this looks like the origin movie of Yaha Abdul Mateen the second, who's probably maybe sort of in a way going to uh, take over uh, the Candyman role in future future probably franchise if this movie does well. The for me, the trailer reminded me of uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, mm, mm. part 2, because uh, the second one, Freddy doesn't really return. He possesses a kid to do his work for him. So it, it looks like Candyman is possessing this new character, you know? Okay, yes, I kind of remember from the trailer. Uh, vibes of that yes uh it it i'll have to see more to honestly decide whether we're gonna see it in the theater if i want to see it in the theater it is more of a me movie since you know um i like the horror um i vaguely remember it uh like i said in the previous podcast the only thing i remember is um what was the actress's name virginia madsen Oh, going inside a building, trying to get some answers, I think. And it was like the projects, basically. Yeah. Oh, so you, you've seen it? I That's the only scene I remember. I, the only one. I don't understand the B reference. I haven't seen it in... I mean, I saw it years, years, years ago. And I think I said previously that all I remember was Virginia Madison very naked in a lot of scenes. That's well, all. I hope she reprises her nakedness again. Um, yeah, you never know. That'd be interesting. So, uh, so yay or nay? What do you think so far? I'm going to wait till, well, I'm very indifferent when it's horror. Oh my God. You know what movie I want to see? St. Maud. I want to watch that movie because it's the director or the people behind, uh, Hereditary, The Witch and Midsommar. Oh my God. It's about like this saint lady, but whatever. Uh, it, it it it's not the Vanessa Williams that you're thinking. It's, no, it's Vanessa L. Williams. Then <laughs> does it have the L? 
in the Candyman? It, it doesn't. I, I think I think Vanessa L. Williams finally Fuck. dropped the L, uh, because she originally added the L, so she would she'd be able to differentiate herself from Vanessa Williams. Oh Lord. Uh, Vanessa L. Williams Sorry, guys. was one of the original cast members of Melrose Place when it first started out. They tried to be diverse. Wow. And her character didn't last the first season, and they, I don't think they ever had another african-american regular of course not of course not but funny enough uh vanessa our vanessa our vanessa williams the 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 one one that we know thought uh uh ended up recurring on melrose place years later i just put that together interesting (laughs) the only black person we have to have in this show is another one named vanessa williams i guess all right um so we're going to take a quick break. And, and we're going to say Candyman in front of the mirror five times. And we'll be right back. If not, well, you guys know what to do. Nah, I ain't doing that. Maybe. Candyman. Candyman. All right. Hey, welcome back. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Miami. We did experience a minor cold front over the weekend. Minor? For me, that was major. It was... I, I, the lowest was like, what, 50? It was... It, I think it got maybe like wind chill high 40s or mid 40s. Oh my God, burr. For us, it's really, really cold. Yeah. I don't know how like my friend in Nebraska or my friend in Oklahoma can handle their winters. Oh, for them, this is this is summer, you know? <laughs> no, this is a breeze for them. They're like, this is, uh, this is, this is beach weather, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know? Small, small, thin cashmere sweater. Nothing Not even. Serious. Not even. This is short weather for them. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we did see the Invisible Man, as uh, you guys heard at the top of the show, but... We want to talk about two things that has one person in both of them. Oh, who's that? RuPaul. Oh, I thought you were going to say me, Riz. (laughs) Uh, We saw the premiere of the 12th season of RuPaul Drag Race and episode 7 of AJ and the Queen. uh, Episode title called Jackson because they were in Jackson, Mississippi. And I want to throw a pitch out there. Hopefully, in the podcast world, it gets to RuPaul's ears. <laughs> I, I would love to see a spinoff of the Jackson, Mississippi family. Latrice Royale, uh, Monique Hart, Miss Brown Cowgirl. Um, do their own thing. And, like, it's it's every week it's a new performer uh, getting their coins and just the, the weird family... Dynamic, you know, yeah. Ensues, you know. Uh, I think I, I think that would be cool, like as a a short half hour comedy type thing. Not not necessarily with a laugh track, but not a dramedy type AJ and the Queen show. What is the show that you watch? I can't claws. Yeah, like a drag queen version oh, of claws. That would be good. That would be. I'm so behind on amazing. claws. I don't know what's been happening on claws. Yeah, I um, would love to see that. So yes. <clears throat> Yeah. Do you, I, did you like the show or do you like where it's going? AJ and the Queen, uh, it's it's sort of getting intense and it's going to places that I wasn't expecting. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, the whole thing about the the little girl giving up the puppy because the puppy was sad that, you know, it wanted to go back to, to its mommy. And then uh, Robert realizing that, you know, even if 
this little girl, AJ's mom, is bad. She still needs her mommy. Yes. You know, and that's heartbreaking. And I, I wasn't expecting them to go, go in that direction. So I'm interested to see what happens in the final three episodes. And it looks like her mom is, is has cleaned up. Cause yeah. She doesn't look like she's uh, strung out or drugged out. Cleaned up, yeah. Well, she... um. Ultimately, I don't think she's going to end up back with her mom. I think that her mom will will likely do the right thing and give her up, you know, so she can live with her her grandfather. I'm assuming because you know, you can't just clean up overnight, you know. It's it's a process and I I kind of agree or think that it's probably going to take that route, but Robert's going to take care of her. As in like, you know, I don't have the necess- like you said i don't have the mentality or or the power right now to take care of my daughter i need to get clean but since you've done so much for her you know can you please take care of my child or you know in tv world ultimately robert will just end up uh take yes taking her in and ultimately taking the mom in as well and it'll be like a a family a family that that's that's only in tv land that stuff like that happens so it'll probably happen cool cool what do you think about uh tia carrere and uh the grifter what's his name uh, I think his last name is Segura. <clears throat> I don't know where they're going with with them. I, I think I, he's finally gonna come out, and because I think that's what he was contemplating probably in the car in that same episode, yeah. where he was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna be with Robert," and like, this is going to, this is all bullshit. But Robert won't take take him back. But Eye Patch is very vindictive, and she wants uh, the money, or she wants. I I, I really don't know why. She's after her, really. I don't. I don't really get that that story either. Like, if they're chasing after them, I, I, I feel like killer. the cops can get involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a tiny, gigantic hole in the story. It's tiny because I think what what covers that hole is the places that they go. They go to like these small, rural, low population. Like, it's not like they're jumping from Chicago to Miami to New York to yeah. you know. By the way, I do like one of the, the things I really like is all every episode has like little cameos from the the yes. drag race people. Yes. Uh it's it's fun and I like that that RuPaul is including uh her her, her quote alumni. unquote queens. Yeah. Yes. I her like daughters. it. <clears throat> Sweet. So we, like we said again, we saw the Invisible Man yesterday, Saturday. I didn't see an Invisible Man. He's invisible. Where'd he go? Oh, ah. no. Uh, the Invisible Man, it premiered February 28th, 2020, and it's directed by Lee Wanell, who directed Insidious Chapter 3. And he uh, wrote and co or co-wrote the first two saws and actually starred in the first saw. He was, oh, he was the that? other guy chained to the, to the wall opposite Carrie ooze or however you pronounce his name. The cast includes Elizabeth Moss, Oliver Jackson, Harriet Dreyer, Aldous Ho- Ho- Hodgem, Storm Reed, and Benedict Hardy. The synopsis is when Cecilia's abusive ex, 
takes his own life and leaves her his fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she is being hunted by someone nobody can see. All right. Ooh, okay. Tired there? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the first thing I said when I left the movie, well, Here's the thing. We talked about how the dark universe is coming or it's slowly being um, unearthed again. Uh, I read that this was part of the dark universe, but it's completely rewritten because of the fear of the failure of the bombed from the mummy with Tom Cruise. Yeah, I didn't realize that this was a universal universal movie. So it is part of the universal monsters. So they kind of slipped that under. Yeah, um, and it doesn't, uh, like I said, when I left the, the theater, it did deal with more domestic violence than science fiction. Um, it, so the, be, the if we're going to get started, the beginning, it, it reminded me a lot of, uh, of Sleeping with the Enemy. Oh my God, I read that too. Really? Uh, where... Um, if I, I don't remember who, who the husband was in Sleeping with the Enemy, but Julia Roberts escapes him uh, in, in a very well-orchestrated, thought-out uh, way. Yeah. And, and this woman, uh, I forget her name, uh, played by Elizabeth Moss, has to do the Cecilia exact same thing. Cecilia Cecilia, yes. Uh, well, I, I kind of love that name, and you don't see that, that kind of name uh, in... in uh, in, in like movies, movies or TV, it's pretty. Uh, so she has to like orchestrate this entire way to get away from this abusive, mentally and physically abusive they man. Did that good. She had to drug him. She had to like switch off cameras that were watching her. She had to. It was all this crazy stuff, and um, ultimately, I think the dog finally woke him up because the dog hit the hit the car alarm. Yeah. And he he went after her anyways. And yeah, the house is like completely secured. It kind of reminds me of like a temple uh, or a fortress. It kind of gave you that that feeling or that aesthetic look. Um, Do you remember we saw like a documentary of unique houses, and there were these houses that were made from old. Uh, Shipping, um, container? shipping containers. Yeah. It looked like something like that, like a house made from shipping containers. It, it might have been beautiful. Yeah. So she fucking runs out and she escapes and she tells her sister to meet her like in the woods because that's where they live. Like they live off the beach, off the ocean, uh, to the left and the woods to the right, I guess. But it doesn't matter. So she fucking runs and she escapes with her, uh, with her sister and her sister, uh. Drops her off at her boyfriend's house to stay there because she didn't want to stay with her sister because he's she thinks that he might follow her there. I I I'm I don't know if it was ever made clear that that was the sister's boyfriend. They kind of alluded to it, but uh, or they were dating, yeah, or like it might have been a a a a friend of hers that she felt could protect her sister in a way. That's because. Other than like maybe a little bit of of flirting, there mm-hmm. wasn't really much between those two characters. Yeah, and the 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 guy friend, I think it's 
It's uh, Adis Hadjum. Yeah, he's a cop. He plays a cop, and he lives with his daughter. And they find out later, like two weeks later, that uh, Elizabeth Moss or Cecilia's husband has died. He committed suicide, and because of that, uh, she or he, I'm sorry, leaves her his fortune of five million dollars. But you know, you can't do a lot. Uh, of stuff in order for her to receive it, like get into trouble, commit a crime, all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. You can't be uh, um, diagnosed mentally unstable or something, yeah. unstable or something like that. Yeah. And she's like, fine, fine, whatever. And she signs it. And then she starts feeling like she's being watched. And what I like about this movie in the cinematography wise is that the director or the cinematographer really made it feel like you were being watched with those wide, mm-hmm. wide shots yeah, or those doorway shots or those shots that you kind of feel like it's, it's the watcher. Like he mm-hmm. put you in that spot where, where the camera spuns out to the left and to the, it, it, or, or around the corner or yes, watching was, them. You know, yeah. those things are really smart. And like, I really like when they do that and it, it feels like it pulls you in just a little bit deeper into the story. Yeah. I liked that uh, even though we knew what we were getting into, we saw the trailer, we knew that it was called The Invisible Man. They didn't, like, m- make it outright at first. They yeah. made it, like, seem, well, maybe maybe she is going a little crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe it, it is all in her head and she just can't get over this guy and ultimately the invisible man is just the invisible man in her mind and she's just going crazy um another thing well one thing that we should talk about that kind of is a little bit of a hole in the story before we move on is uh his suicide nothing was ever really explained you know yeah so if this guy supposedly uh faked his own death how did how did they switch out the body how did they it it was never even touched upon which kind of bugged me a little bit well yeah um then she after a while she feels like like i said she's being then there's one moment in the movie where she sees a bottle of prescription diazepam which is the drug that she used to uh, drug her husband in order for him to fall asleep so she can escape. But while she escaped in the movie, you clearly see that she dropped it and she lost it. And her husband, when she was when he was chasing after her, and she rode off with his sister with her sister, she he he found the bottle on the floor. So it was kind of like a way for him to tell her, like, hey, you know. I'm here. I'm yeah. watching you. So then that's what like kind of like convinced her that he is not dead. But, you know, how, how do you convince other people? You know what I mean? Like she goes to her sister and her sister's like, F you. You wrote me like this email. An that email. I hope you die and that I'm yeah. suffocating. And it wasn't her. She's like, it's not me. <clears throat> And she went back to the guy. Well, it was actually his brother, uh, her husband's brother, who gave her the papers for the for the money transfer or the will. And 
she tries to tell him like, hey, I think he's still alive. This is what happened with the bottle of diazepam. And he's like, uh, I have a, a pile of ashes that prove otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, he's dead. Um, and, and he showed her pictures of the death scene. Yes, correct. Of him like in a pool of blood and stuff like that. And he... What? Is it possible that the cops were never... Well, no. There was a... I was going to say that the cops were never involved, but there was a news report about the guy's death. So never mind. Never mind that theory. But it uh, maybe I would have to go back and see because could it be, I don't know, maybe it could be doctrined or doctrined. Huh. like changed or something or, yeah. or like a national, uh, a national inquire type, like fake news shit, you know, that, yeah, whatever. Where, <laughs> yeah, they, they they really needed to explain this because it was confusing. So she goes back to to the to her cop friend's house, and uh, he's there. And no, she goes back, and she's like crying on the floor. And the cop's daughter comes in and tries to comfort her and tell her, "Hey, let's go have ice cream. Let's have a girl night. Let's tell dad to like leave." And out of nowhere, the little girl gets punched in the fucking face. By the Invisible Man. But the little girl thinks that it was Cecilia who hit her. So she calls her dad and they fucking leave. And he tells her, hey, when I come back, you got to leave. Because right now, my daughter's safety is more important. And unfortunately, the little girl, which I think is Storm Reed, uh, is scared because she feels like Cecilia actually hit her. Yeah, another, another small hole. I mean, Cecilia was on the ground. I, I don't. And the little girl was looking at her on the ground when she got hit. Well, maybe she turned her head, but there's no way that and it was dark that she could have stood up, smacked her across the face, and then gotten back on the ground that fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I, I get that, you know, supposedly no one else was there, but I don't know. After after the uh, the cop leaves the house with the daughter, she starts looking around and she puts coffee grounds on the floor and be like, you know what, bitch, come and get me. So he's like nowhere to be found or no or not making sounds or whatever, but it still gives you that cinematography uh, look of you're being watched or he's watching you. Yeah. So she decides to call his number and it rings and it leads her to the attic of the house where she finds the phone, a a kitchen knife that was missing and uh, blueprints because she's like an architect of a job interview that she did that she knocked that she she fainted yeah the she um she was gonna show she's an architecture ar- architect person uh architect <laughs> uh <laughs> and she was gonna show them you know her work and she opened up her por- portfolio and it was gone she's like i know this was here i know this was here and she fainted um because she was drugged with the same drug that she that he drugged her. That's how. That's what led to her finding the the same bottle. Yeah. From before. And it was uh, revealed that she was also pregnant, which means that she was uh, raped while she was asleep. But it also doesn't mention who raped. I don't her. think she was raped. Like they, they, I thought they alluded to that for a second. The but... doctor said that it must have happened within a month. And she left the house a month after. Because remember, she escaped. And then two weeks later, uh, uh, she got the call that he died. But that, And then a couple days 
past, you know. But we we should look that up because and she was. I'm sorry to interrupt. She was on birth control. Right. We should look that up because the brother did say, you know, he knew that you were on birth control. He knew everything, so he switched the pills out. So why would they make that illusion if if I don't think there was rape, you know? So yeah, that's something we should look up. I I, I kind of did get both impressions. Um, but in order for that to have happened, cause she was sleeping in the bed with the girl, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He would have had to have drugged both of them. And then I don't know. It's, it's, uh, let's not get into that. So it's, it's creepy as hell. I, I got a rape vibe, but I, I understand your, your theory. Um, but yeah, you, then you, like you said, they, he comes, she's in jail because what happens? Oh, oh. You want to talk about that? When when she's in the attic, uh, she kind of starts hearing stuff downstairs, and she goes and looks down. She sees the ladder um, that she climbed up to get get on the attic, and you know we don't see her see her do it, but apparently she got a paint can and opened it, and she poured it down. Then that's when she saw the figure with paint the on silhouette. It. He was trying to climb up, climb up, and she. Uh, and he runs off and she follows him and there's a big fight in the in the kitchen where she's flying around and getting punched out and shit like that yeah and um what happens that's not where she kills him no no she runs out and then that's when she goes to her sister right yeah, she she begs her sister to meet her at a at public place. Yeah, a and really loud public restaurant, so she can com- like not confess, but tell her like to please believe me that this is what's really going on. Right. Um, and then that's where I believe that she's uh, the sister is her the boyfriend of the cop or the girlfriend of the cop because she tells him how can you handle him though he's a cop. And you're not a cop, but you can still, I don't know. It was like this marital questioning thing. And then she's like, you damn right. I can, I can beat his ass, but whatever, not important with the whole movie. What happens is that they make up and she's like, fine. The sister's like, I'm going to believe you tell me. But before she does, it's, yeah, it's because she said she had proof because she went to the, to the old house and hid one of the suits. Yeah. So she's like, I, I can prove it. I have proof. It's when you get revealed that it's it's a suit that, that he's wearing in order to make himself invisible. Uh, that was the whole reason why she went back to the house is to find proof of how that, that works. Whereas in other H.G. Wells Invisible Man, it was due to like a serum or a, a mutation in the body that turns him or in... Kevin Bacon's Hollow Man, it was like a science experiment. Right. Uh, where in this case, it was more of like an outer technology with a bunch of cameras all over the body. It was like kind of like octopus tentacles that kind of looked like it when it was like zoom in and out. Yeah, it, was, it was like honeycomb shape. It was cool. Full of cameras all over your body. And I guess that bended the light. It the, the movie didn't really talk about the actual suit, but it did made reference that the husband was a science tech and he worked for like this huge laboratory and stuff like that. And then she, she hid the, the suit right. in a vent in order to come back and get it later to As show proof. proof. Yeah. So yeah. in the, in the restaurant, in the restaurant. So I can prove it. And the sister's like, Okay, well, 
let's see. And then all of a sudden the shot goes back to Cecilia and there's a knife floating right next to Cecilia's face. And the knife goes and slits the sister's throat in the middle of the restaurant. And then the knife goes straight into Cecilia's hand. And I, I assume uh, it's holding her and the knife's hand so she can't let go of it. Yeah. So it looks like that Cecilia just slit her sister's throat in the middle of the restaurant. Everyone freaks out. She's The sister is bleeding to death and they tackle her to the floor and then they take her to a mental institute. I'm sorry. Another little plot hole or not plot hole, but thing that kind of irked me was they, you know, get on top of Cecilia and to take her away. I mean, the sister is bleeding to death. No one is actually trying to help the sister or, you know, stop the bleeding, maybe save her life. Yeah. Um, she's just lying there as, you know, her sister's being arrested and dying, which, Lee, uh, I'm all, you know, one of those things that you, you gotta in think that, about. In that scene, I feel like the director tried to make it more into the, the point of view of Cecilia. Yeah. And got, got down to that level of the ground and her desperation and looking up and seeing her dead sister on, on a restaurant table. Yeah. And I kind of felt that. Uh, she goes to the mental institute, and that's where her husband's brother shows up and be like, hey, remember that contract? You broke it. Give me back the money. And by the way, I know that you have been transferring money to this girl for her fashion school. I want that money back, too. And that's when he confessed that you said earlier that he's alive. And he's like, I can make this all go away, and <laughs> all this can disappear if you go away with him and have the baby. Yeah. Uh, damn. And he just gave it all away. I mean, at, for, at first for a second, you kind of think, because you, you kept saying it's the brother. It's the brother yeah. the whole time. You you do kind of think, well, maybe the brother, you know, found his, his brother's stuff and, uh, you know, the optical suit and just decided to try and drive her crazy so he could get yeah. the money. And Elizabeth or Cecilia is like, uh, no, go away. And she knocks down. And then that's when she goes back into her room. She grabbed one of his uh, his pens, his uh, ink pens. Yes. And uh, takes it back to their room. And after the checkup or the nightly checkup, she goes to the shower and she tries to commit suicide. But it was all a ruse because she knows that she was being watched by her husband. So she grabs the pen and she's like really out loud and say, no, babe, or whoever. I forgot that character's name. Uh, You're not going to have the baby. Adrian. Oh, good. No, Adrian. You're not going to have the baby. I'm not going to have the baby. And you're not going to have me. So she starts uh, slicing her wrist with the pen. And that's when Adrian grabs her to stop her. And then she starts well, she says, I see you or something like that and stabs him with the pen. Uh, yeah. And then that kind of distorted the suit because it fucks it up and makes it more better for her to see. And starts she starts stabbing him several fucking times. Uh, cops come in. He tries to get away. They get away after they kill or he kills like a bunch of people, a bunch of cops. I think he injures most of them. He might have killed one. Yeah. Like it exe- was, execution style shooting. Yeah, correct. And they go outside. It's raining. This huge fucking storm is happening. That's where she gets the idea and she's like if I, he could be out there, I can I can see him. Um and 
they wrestle a bit and he gets into a car and she gets into another car and they ride off and they chase well, the chase begins well, first first he tells her uh you you messed up because you know now the little girl's blood is going to be on your hands meaning i'm going to go kill the little girl oh the cop's daughter yes. yeah so that's where he's like uh, runs off and gets into the, to the car and finds her, and she calls the cop and tells him, "Hey, go home. Your daughter's in danger." And they all meet up there. The girl is there by herself. Who leaves a girl alone, home alone in the house? But I don't know. I mean, well, I was gonna, I was gonna she say that the like, doors were locked, but yeah, I mean, she wasn't that little. She was maybe fifteen or sixteen. I guess. Uh, then she start. He starts. Uh, Adrian starts choking her to kill her, and then in comes in the dad, and he starts getting his ass beat because he can't see Adrian, and he, he beats him to like a a bloody pulp. When Cecilia comes in with a fire extinguisher and extinguishes the area, showing the silhouette of mm-hmm. the Invisible Man, and then shoots him and shoots him like ten times, and when they uncovered. The suit, it is Adrian's brother. It's not Adrian. It's Adrian's brother. Yep. So, yeah. uh, Then it went... The next scene went to the house. The cops uh, go to Adrian's fortress house. And all of a sudden, they start hearing, help me, help me. He he trapped me. And they knock knock down a wall and and find Adrian alive, all tied up. And this is... I guess trying to make the audience think it was the brother the whole time. He wanted Adrian's money. Yeah. But... Uh, it cuts to the scene in the uh, cop station where her cop friend is telling her, Hey, you know, I wish I could have been there. I wish I didn't leave you alone in the house. I wish I could have believed you, but look, this is happening. You might get off with what's going on. Everything is good. It wasn't Adrian. It was his, his brother the whole time. And, and Cecilia is like, no, he's behind all this, whether he, his brother knew from the beginning or halfway it was him all all along. Mm-hmm. And uh, as an audience member, we don't know at this point. Like, it could have been the brother the whole time, but um, we me, don't know. So. For me, it was like a plot hole that was getting bigger and bigger. And, <coughs> excuse me, uh, that's when it cuts to the next scene where she meets Adrian in the house that night for like a date night to talk about this whole incident, right? Right. Uh, so he's acting like a nervous schoolboy having her back. And he's like, oh, my God, I made, I didn't know what to make you. I made you sushi, steak, or I don't know, whatever else, yeah. or pasta. And um, she's a bad bitch. And she's like, I'll have the steak. Yeah. So she sits down and she's like, I will go back to you, but I need you to tell me everything. I need you to tell me that you were behind this to admit it. And he looked at her and he's like, no, I didn't do anything. It was my brother the whole time. He's like a fucking, you know, psycho, psycho asshole. If you know, and she's she's like crying at this point and she's like i need to know and you know we learn that the the cop is outside because she's wearing a wire and listening of course um she's like i need to know and he finally goes up to her and like puts his hand on on her leg and he mentions the word surprise which the invisible man said several times throughout the movie yeah basically letting her know without saying it that he was behind it yes um 
So she excuses herself Mm -hmm. to the ladies room because she needs to powder her nose. And uh, he's sitting there and there's, you know, there's obviously cameras all over the house uh, because he's a psycho. And all of a sudden, what happens? Uh, Adrian gets the knife and slices his throat as an apparent suicide in like three seconds you realize that it's cecilia who put the suit on that she Mm -hmm. hid in the vent and kills him uh she goes back to the bathroom takes off the suit you don't see none of that um and she comes out and she is in shock that adrian has committed suicide she's like oh my god and she gets on the phone to 911 she's like oh my god he someone's committed suicide get here as fast as possible freaking out and then she sort of backs out away from the camera view yeah and then she looks at him as he's dying and she <laughs> says surprise yeah. which fantastic scene it was beautiful yeah and then her cop friend hears all that comes in and she confesses to him saying he committed suicide and gave him like that look and for a moment you can see her friend like scared and like this bitch is crazy but like Mm -hmm. came into the realization that everything that she was saying was the truth and he looked down at her duffel bag and it was the suit and she kept saying he committed suicide and there's cameras nothing's going to happen and she walks away Badass, badass as she can be, and the movie ends there. Yeah, uh, it's it's a good movie, you know. Regardless of whatever plot holes kind of drive me crazy, but Lee Lee Wannell is is a fantastic director. He's yeah. done a few other things that, or director slash writer that I I really liked. I I can't remember them at the moment, um, but I I really liked it. I really enjoyed Very the movie. Very entertaining. It has, again, it has, I don't think it has nothing to do with the Dark Universe franchise unless Cecilia is the invisible, the invisible woman. woman in the Dark Universe. Hell, and, why not? Yeah. Oh my God, that would be awesome. Her <laughs> and, and Miss and Bride of Frankenstein. What? That'd be amazing. Uh, and also, this has nothing to do with Elizabeth Banks's movie, The Invisible Woman, which is coming out, I think, either later this year or in the beginning of next. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was awesome. Um, the only thing, like I said, when I left the theater, it did. I said to myself, it did deal more with domestic violence, which I have no problem about it than science fiction. There has to be a sequel. Uh, the budget was seven million, and so far the weekend is nine million. Oh, so it's doing good. It surpassed its budget. I hope there's a sequel because they have to uh, talk about the technology of the suit I, for my for my nerdiness and the baby. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I I I really liked it. Um. Oh darn! I was gonna say something. Uh. I, I don't know if there'll be a sequel that'd be cool. I, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, the Invisible Woman as Elizabeth Moss or Elizabeth Moss as oh the Invisible God, Woman yes. in future in future movies. That'd be amazing. I really liked the universe that they created. Um, I really liked the actress that played her sister. I'm not sure who she is, but I think I told you she reminded me of a young Mary McCormick or an old Florence Poog. Yeah, uh, I agree. But she was cute. And she was the, I think, the only, like, 
quote unquote victim death other than like the unnamed security guards at the uh in in her circle yeah i think yeah. she was the only major major death that kind of sucks uh but i liked it harriet oh. dreyer is the actress's name okay uh she's known for love child kiki and kitties uh, so I think this is like her first, maybe the Invisible Woman, the In Between, uh, the Mother Situation. Dryer, the name sounds familiar. Well, she's super cute, and I hope to see her in more stuff. So what what would you ultimately rate this movie? Uh, from a one to five, I would four point three. Um, I'll give it a solid four. Point two and a half. Oh, you're so precise. Four point two point two five <laughs> or something. Four point, four point two point five. Okay, four four and a half. I uh, liked it. Yeah, go check it out. It's awesome. Uh, so the next thing we want to talk about is some major, major, big music news. Before Riz uh, talk about the DVDs and music that are out, we're going to talk a little bit about some new music that has been released since then. And the first one that we are super excited about is Miss Alanis Morissette. So yeah, this this blog is or this podcast is going to end up being <laughs> called Augie and Riz, the Alanis Morissette podcast. Uh, she, I, I said in the last podcast, I hope she releases music videos for the new album. And the other day, she, out of nowhere, she did. She released a video for the first single reasons I drink and it's actually really cool. And, uh, the one thing that bugs me about the fan communities, and it's not just Alanis Morissette fan communities, it's any fan community is they complain about everything it's like yeah. you're, you're getting a new album and they're like it's only 11 tracks i wanted 28 tracks you, stupid stuff like that but i haven't seen a single negative comment about this video it's it's really nice it's, it's really cool well it's basically her going into um like a um an aa meeting yeah and she is several of the people in the circle. Which represents, like, part it, of her life. Yeah, and it's a throwback to the ironic video, and, and one of the Alanises is actually wearing the same outfit that the driver in the ironic video was wearing <laughs> yeah, as a throwback. Fucking cool, because it was, I guess, a major staple in her life. It was one of the greatest albums for her and the greatest albums, I would say, in that era. It's well, yeah. Oh, it was one of the biggest albums of the '90s. I would uh, say yes. Um, so not only that, it was also released on the I think 24th anniversary that the ironic video was released. So and, it was I, all very much planned. So as of right now, she has released two songs. Right, she has uh, "Reasons I Drink" and "Smiling." Right. Uh, out of the two, I like "Reasons I Drink." better both of them great songs yeah. really great songs but i feel like i like it better because it has a more uh personal touch to it and the music video of it kind of gives it that more stamp of of personal invitation to her life as she what she has gone through uh from beginning to her current lifestyle yeah now one thing i don't understand babe is in the music video, when they're looking at her in the ironic 
clothes. She looks back at a, at a old lady, like twice. Everything else I kind of understood except that. Do you know anything about that? Yeah. Well, the the first time she looks back at an old lady in a hospital bed, and then the second time she looks back and it's a coffin. So it's representing, uh, from what I understand, the death of her grandmother. Watching her grandmother mm. slowly, slowly die. I would then... assume, like in that time period of her life. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, okay. Wow. An interesting uh, comment. Um, about religion as well with yes. the, the, <laughs> the priest sitting next to her after like after after she sees the coffin and he tries to put his hand on her shoulder and she kind of shrugs him off like get away from me you know i don't want to comment on uh, too much on religion but alas more said is very open about you know stuff like that and that it's not always good and and sometimes they they'll come and sort of prey upon you and at your weakest moments so i think that that that's what she's saying that you know yeah you you weren't here for me before why are you trying to you know to comfort me now type thing correct so it's a very deep video and it shows her i think you said that it it shows her very vulnerable as far as an aging artist. Um, you know, you know what I mean? Because not a lot of like you have like these, these artists that have surpassed. I don't want to say it like this, but surpassed their stardom. I want to give a perfect example, Madonna, that she tries to reinvent herself and tries to stay like poppy tries to stay, relevant and sometimes it's not not that tasteful alanis for me gives me like this is me i'm in my mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in my mid-40s this is who i am this is like my life that i'm living right now and i bet a lot of women women her age that grew up probably with her listening to her songs is like damn girl like this is my sister. I we can relate to a lot of stuff. It's not like Alanis Morissette in a skimpy yeah. costume doing like a whole entire choreographic number, and yeah. that for me would looks and probably sounds super produced. Mm-hmm. And Alanis is taking it into a way mature, way personal part of her life or her her ideas that I absolutely love. And I really can't wait to to see and listen to more of her her album. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, on that point, a lot of my artists are like that. I guess. I guess since I I'm I'm not that much into um the you know the quote unquote pop, um, but a lot of them don't try to to continue to appeal to the younger audience. It's like they grow and either you know you sit there folding your arms being like, well, I want the jagged little pill sound or, mm-hmm. or you grow with the artist, you know? Yeah. And I've, I've said it many times. I don't think that I would have picked up like early, like Tracy Bonham and liked it at this point in my life, but I love her, her stuff today. And I don't think I would have liked, you know, her stuff today when I was that young, I've, I've literally grown with her music. And the same thing with Alanis Morissette and a lot of the other artists that I like. 
So what other uh, music, big music news is there this week? Vampire Weekend has released globally their three bonus tracks from Japan, which are Houston, Dubai, I Don't Think Much About Her No More, and Lord Ulin's Daughter featuring Jude Law. And I haven't had the chance to listen to them yet. Houston, Dubai, I feel like as I reviewed the album in an earlier podcast, Father of the Bride kind of represents or kind of gives me like a story of a couple going through the ups and downs of a relationship and at the end they parted ways uh in a very mature and peaceful way it's a very beautiful song uh album very beautiful music uh and it's it's a really nice story to be honest and Houston Dubai is I think a continuation about that story uh, that they're trying to portray. Uh, I don't think much about her no more. I'm not, I really haven't heard that one a lot, uh, because I really like Houston Dubai and I, I've been pretty, have that one on repeat lately. And Lord Ulin's daughter featuring Ju Law kind of reminds me of what Dolores did with John Malkovich and their poetry that we went to record store day for. Right. Uh, what was the name of the album? Do you remember? Uh, or, or the, like a puppet show. Yeah, so it's Jude Law basically reciting poetry, and it's the band Vampire Weekend in the background just playing music, which is, it's beautiful. Uh, It's an eclectic taste, but hey, new Vampire Weekend, I feel like as of right now, they have become my top favorite artist slash bands currently, uh, aside from Florence and the Machine and Fiona Apple, which we are waiting for a freaking album. I I I have a feeling we're gonna get an announcement in the next month for Fiona Apple. But on the point of, of Vampire Weekend, what I really like about today's technology and what they're doing, uh, the whole Japanese bonus track thing that that is because music is a lot more expensive there. When I was younger, uh, there would always be like three or four more tracks on the Japanese editions because they would be paying twice as much for a CD than I was here. So in today's technology, you know, to be able to be like almost a year after releasing the album and be like, hey, here's an EP of our Japanese tracks that everyone can listen to now, I kind of love where we're at in music today. I agree. I agree with you. I I think it's... It's kind of crazy how music distribution is is evolving or has evolved. Because yeah. I really looked at at the album sales of Vampire Weekend, and it's a hundred and nineteen thousand uh, copies. Which is that good in today's music for um, for that that genre of music? It is like, but like you go to the nineties and look at the Cranberries, millions. You go to like not even like right before right before. Uh, streaming music, Britney Spears, Madonna. Uh, it's millions of CDs sold, whereas you have uh, everything you can just buy it online, and it's it's. I think a it's lot. It's just so we- weird, and and what what can we expect in the future on how how things are sold? I think uh, the they're looking at streaming uh, sh- the streaming charts now. As opposed to the sale charts, the one hundred and nineteen is the, uh, the equivalent. So that's oh. that's the album if it was copied. I'm oh, not I sure see. how that works. 
I don't know. Yeah. I, there's nothing nothing we can really do about where music is now. Uh, but I remember... Yeah, it says, Father of the Bride debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 with 130,000 album equivalent units, including 119,000 pure album sales. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, so for the both... first week. That's for the first week. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, that's, a, that's a really good... That's really good. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So cool. the third music, which... Ra 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 ah, ah, ah. That means Lady Gaga topic. So every time oh. we, from now on we talk about Lady Gaga, we have to have that sound. Okay. Uh, she oh. has released her first single in a long time, "Stupid Love." It was released on Friday at midnight, or Thursday to Friday midnight, and with a music video. Oliver Little Monsters, including myself, is super happy that she's back and she's in her element. But I honestly have to say that I'm very underimpressed with the music video. And the song is alright. It's it's a dance clubby song. Um again, I'm super happy that she's back and this is just one song in her in her album. Uh but I don't know. That's how I feel about it. Um Did well, you listen to it? I haven't had the chance to listen or watch it, but my one comment would be uh, like she's basically spent the last few years with the whole movie and Oscar bait thing where she's like, no, don't look at me as the crazy singing person. Look at me as this, you know, serious I'm, I'm, yeah, lesbian. serious actress. Exactly. And, and then she comes back. She's like, no, no, I'm, I'm the music person again. I'm the crazy, you know, wearing crazy shit again. Um, that might have something to do with it where fans are like, okay, well, what's what's the real gaga? I understand what you mean. And I'm trying not to think that way because I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but the music video, honestly, for me, was a little cheap. Uh, it's like a bunch of like groups of colors and they were fighting and in comes Lady Gaga in like a pink wig and her tribe of pinkness and she's like no we need love which is a great message to send out and then she brings peace to the, all the color colonies by doing a choreographic <laughs> dance move where everyone is <laughs> dancing <laughs> and ra 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 oh ah, boy ah, ah, i um, definitely need to see this now and again it's like a clubby thing like it's good for a club but it's like you've seen it once you've seen it at all uh, for me, uh, Gaga, I have a lot of love. I actually convinced you, your brother, and his wife, Nick's wife, who is our number one listener, to travel to Vegas so I can see her in concert. That was my excuse. Uh, and you were like very indifferent. Barb was like, you know what? I am down. I'm already calling it <laughs> in my vacation. And Nick's like, uh, I don't know about Gaga, but I'll, I'll go with you guys. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm a huge fan. And the concert was amazing in, in Vegas. It was super awesome. She fucking came from the ceiling with a guitar. I mean, yeah. what more can you want? And Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not like a gigantic or I'm, I wouldn't be considered one of her little monsters. I am barely a monster at all. But I think I said before, it was very entertaining and sometimes, you know, Sometimes just an entertaining show is just an entertaining show, you know, 
you don't have to be a gigantic fan to be entertained. Yeah. So that's the stuff, uh, the new music that we have. But what are the new DVDs and music albums that are out now, baby? Well, new DVDs this week. Uh, Queen and the and Slim is out. Oh, that's uh, the soundtrack. That's a what? Queen and Slim uh, was a movie, so that's probably a soundtrack. I said new movies. Oh, I thought you were doing. S- s- Albums. Oh, I'm starting. Sorry. I'm starting with movies today. Okay. Uh, Dark Waters is out. Uh, Play Mobile the movie is out, and Two Graves in the Desert is also out. Uh, new music this week. Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds has a new album called Blue Moon Rising. Uh, Mandy Moore has Silver Landings, and uh, Fantagram has a new album called Ceremony. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we have a ceremony as well in every episode. What's that? You want to play Six Degrees of Separation? Hell to the yes, I do. Since we saw the Invisible Man, I'm going to give you Elizabeth Moss and Anne Hathaway. Okay. All right, I already said that I'm going to try my best to stay away from uh, from Scream, even though I always end up going back to Scream. Yeah, that has become your crutch. Well, you know, it's 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 how it is. Yeah. Uh, I think I can do this easily. Uh, Elizabeth Moss is in the Hands Hand Handmaid's Tale. Uh, with Joseph Fiennes, such a fantastic show. Uh, Joseph Fiennes uh, played Lord Voldemort in the Harry Potter series. Um, let's say the Half Blood Prince, which mm-hmm. also starred Helena Bonham Carter, okay. who was in Les Miserables with Anne Hathaway. Whoa, I like where you went with that. Thank and you. our fact of the week, since it is. Uh, the Invisible Man. <laughs> Elizabeth Moss once voiced a young girl in an episode of Batman the Animated Series. How cool. The plot featured a man who had found a way to become invisible and at one point attempted to abduct his daughter, played by the young Moss. I think I remember that episode. Yeah. How cool. <laughs> and that's the fact of the week, and you can do whatever you want with it because it's not mine. We can't see it. It's invisible. <laughs> that's the end of the show. we glad every day or every week that you join us, and we hope you continue listening to us here. We're at Press Play with Augie and Riz. You, we love to hear from our devoted listeners, so please, please, please contact us on Press Play AR on instagram that's press play ar on instagram uh for any questions or comments you might have for us once again this is press play with augie and riz i'm augie hey and i'm riz thanks Thanks for for listening. listening